0: grace to you and peace from God, our Father, and the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm preaching from 1 John 4 uh, this evening. This is a homily. It's intended to be more instructional than a standard sermon. Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God. For many false prophets, prophets have gone out into the world By this you know the Spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is from God. And every spirit that does not confess Jesus is not from God. This is the spirit of the Antichrist, which you heard was coming and now is in the world already. There are false prophets that uh, sow confusion, doubt, and fear in those who would listen to them. So, for example, those who would outright deny the Christian faith. They would pull you away from the faith, if possible. But perhaps these are the most easily spotted. But there are also those who flatter and compliment and encourage, and they do it all with a smile. In their deceit, they redefine words to create new meanings. And these are the ones that are harder to spot. For example... Love is increasingly being redefined by the world. Love is, according to the world's definition, it's like never telling anyone something that they don't want to hear. It's never showing any reproof, no rebuke. That's what the world is defining as love. Just look the other way, ignore sin. Don't judge. Don't say it's a sin. Don't force your religion on me. Don't be a hater. That's unloving. That's not love. To those who have been deceived by false spirits, it is seen as unloving to assert that certain behaviors are sinful. It's not really judgmental to say God's word says... This is a sin. That's not being judgmental. That's being truthful to God's word. That's being faithful to God's word. But the world doesn't see it that way all the time. As Christians, we know that God loves us and loves all people. But God has defined love. Specifically, He has defined love. By the sacrifice of his son for your sins and the sins of the whole world. So we are called to discern truth from error, starting with this basic litmus test, which John gives here. Those who confess that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh do so by the true spirit. Those who do not confess that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh are deceived by a false spirit. See, we can't look into the heart of another person to see whether or not they are of God or of this world. We we can't see their heart like God can. So the Apostle John tells us, test the spirits. So you test them by their confession, by their confession of the faith, by their actions. You, You confess your faith by the the things that you say and that you believe and you also confess it by the way that you live your life it doesn't mean we're without sin obviously we're not the first thing we do on sunday morning is confess our sins Uh, this is really the first thing we should do every time we come before god Uh, but as we say uh, if we say we are without sin we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us but if we confess our sins god is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness so there is a fruit that comes in the life of believers so if we have the spirit of truth we confess that jesus christ has come in the flesh then we also hear him we listen to his words Jesus has spoken to us through his word. If we confess that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh, gotta pull out my Bible, then shouldn't we care what He has said to us? Shouldn't we read this? Shouldn't we study this? Shouldn't we be taking this in continuously throughout all of our life and trying to live by what He has given us? It's not our prerogative to lay aside portions of the Scripture that make us uncomfortable. It's not. It's all ours. All of Scripture is ours. Lock, stock, and barrel. We've got it all. John goes on, Little children, you are from God and have overcome them. For he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. They are from the world, therefore they speak from the world. And the world listens to them. We are from God. Whoever knows God listens to us. Whoever is not from God does not listen to us. By this we know the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. In John's day, just as in our own, there are competing voices. The spirit of this world speaks the cares and concerns of this world, and there are plenty of people who are eager to hear. They are deceived, and they deceive others. They even have their own language. Certain words are mandatory for anyone that would be part of the club, part of the club of this world. Take, for example, the word gender. This was developed. This is a word that was invented, literally invented, in order to separate biological sex into uh, something that is... An external thing and an internal thing. So we have something that's external, biological sex, then we have something that's internal, which is gender, as they say. As though biological sex can be divided that way. I mean, scientifically, it's kind of ludicrous anyway, because you have an X and a Y chromosome, or you have an X and an X, or is it Y and a Y? It's X and an X. You have an X and an X. That's inside. I mean, that's you know, that that's like at the very root of the biology. I mean, the appendages and the things that accompany your biological sex are are things that develop in the womb because of that XY or XX chromosome. So scientifically the whole thing's ludicrous anyway. But even besides that, besides that, we have a greater authority, which is Jesus Christ who reiterated what God said in Genesis when Jesus said, from the beginning of creation, God made them male and female. So we listen to the spirit of truth, not the lies of so-called gender theory. Another example comes in the form of critical race theory. In order to make amends for past racism, we need to practice a sort of Reverse racism now. Reverse racism is no better than racism. What does God require from us? Love your neighbor. Love your neighbor as yourself. So why don't we do that? I mean, why don't we love our neighbors as ourselves? Because we're intrinsically racist. No, because we have sin because we are sinners. You can call it racism if you like, but it's just sin, and it works its way out through a number of ways. It's not a white gene, or a black gene, or a red gene. It's not a woman gene, or a gay gene, or any other special gene. It's the sin that we inherited from Adam and Eve, from our first parents. So when the world says, You're inherently racist because you're white. We respond, false. That is a false spirit. False. I am inherently sinful because I am a child of Adam and Eve, just like you and him and her and every other human being. And by the way, the solution to our sin problem is not more sin, it is the Savior. That is the answer. So we continue to, you know, if we're going to live by falsehood, we can deny that gravity exists. But you know what? If you fall off the edge of the roof, you're going to hit the ground hard. So is it loving to sit there and say, oh, you you have your truth. Your truth is that gravity doesn't exist. So jump right off. That's not loving. That's unloving. We know better. God has revealed to us. God has given us a certain amount of wisdom. And he gives us wisdom from the true source of wisdom, his word. So it's not loving for us to stand by. We have to speak the truth. Even though sometimes the world will hate us for it. (laughs) I mean, the world will not always accept the truth. And indeed, the, the world will be hostile toward the truth. I would add to that as even we once were hostile to the truth and are still hostile to the truth. We let pride get in our way of the truth. So, you know, we don't get a pass in this. But nevertheless, we seek to to get the truth. We seek to test the Spirit's. By what is false and what is true. And the source of what is true is what is in God's word. But don't be surprised when the world rejects the truth. Paul wrote to the Corinthians in uh, uh, his first epistle to the Corinthians. The natural person does not accept the things of the spirit of God. For they are folly to him. And he is not able to understand them because they are spiritually discerned. It's not an intellectual problem that people have that they think that they don't accept the teaching of the Bible. It's not an intellectual problem. It's a spiritual problem. That's why you have some people who are degreed out the wazoo, who have been through years and years of advanced learning and education and indeed are teachers in their subject at, uh, in universities who are unbelievers. And at the same time, you can have a little preschooler who is a believer because it's a spiritual condition. It's not a, an intellectual condition. And that's what Paul is saying there in 1 Corinthians. So we shouldn't be surprised if the world won't always receive the truth. But at the same time, don't stop speaking the truth and be encouraged because John says here, little children, notice how he, he talks to his Congregation, this way. Little children, you are from God and have overcome them. For he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. And from that we are encouraged. We take heart. Indeed, you have been baptized into Christ. He is in you, and he, Christ, has overcome the world. In Christ, all of your sins have been washed away. You're perfect, holy, and righteous before God, not because of the life that you're living, but because of the faith and the trust that you have, that you place in Christ. Because of that, God sees you with those rose-colored lenses, these Christ lenses, where he sees you as holy and perfect and righteous. Take heart and be joyful at that good news.